Regina Nissan, the presenting sponsor of Off the Huzzle Podcast. Factory-approved sales event is on now at Regina Nissan. On select 2021 Nissan Murano models, you can receive up to 4000 in standard rate finance cash. Or check out the all-new 2021 Nissan Road. I have it. It's unreal. Leased for as low as $77 weekly for 64 months at 2.99% with $0 down. Make sure to head down to Regina Nissan at 1111 Broad Street, Regina, Saskatchewan, or visit them online at reginanissan.ca. Conditions apply. Harbor Golf Club and Resort offers an exciting challenge to all levels of golf enthusiasts. This 18-hole championship golf course is situated on the bluffs overlooking the scenic Lake Diefenbaker in Elbow, Saskatchewan. Feast your eyes on the panoramic views of miles of sandy beaches, the lake, and our spectacular golf course. Take the opportunity to get away from life's hustle and bustle and support local by planning your next day trip to Harbor Golf. Use off the hosel code on your next booking and get 20% off green fees and a $20 food and beverage voucher for your foursome. Offer not applicable with any other promotion. And that's four birdies in a row for Drew Kosher to close out the day with a smooth 69, ladies and gentlemen. And would you look at that, Troy Kosher stripes one right down the middle on the wrong fairway. The Reverend can't drive, he can't hit his irons, and he can't putt, but boy, can that guy drink. You're listening to Off the Hosel, presented by Nissan Regina. Now here's your host, Drew Kosher, and co-host, Troy McClure Kosher. Hey everybody, we're back for another episode of Off the Hosel, episode 82. My name is Drew Kosher, I'm your host. Not joined by Dan or Troy today, but I'm joined by Stat Guy Rip, the intern. Kosh, good to be back. Absolutely. We had a full one today. Great guest on. But before we get into all that, we have to mention that this is a Nissan-driven podcast. Number one place to get your next vehicle, oil change, or any vehicle-related needs. Located on 1111 Broad Street in Regina, Saskatchewan. It's time today you make the switch to drive Nissan. I'll be honest. The 2021 Rogue, it's Banana Lands. Unreal. It's a sick vehicle. It's sleek. It's sleek. I yeah. like that word. It's a good word. Yeah, yeah. There it's it nice. Is. I love it. So check it out today. Drive Nissan. Get a Rogue. Uh, Rip, where are we recording from? We are recording from Divots Indoor Golf, located on Rochdale Boulevard. Bang. That's it? That's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah it's a great place. Seven Troy's Sam's. way better than me at Troy's that. way better at that. Yeah. That's all right, though. You, you stepped up. Seven great Sam's, great food, booze, uh, you name it. Uh, great people. So come on down here in about two months, I'd say. Yeah. Because yeah, unfortunately, in Regina, Saskatchewan, our, uh, our summers are a little short. Yeah. I'm sorry right now. I'm a little excited. I don't know what to do with my hands right now. <laughs> we got a new mic stand here, so I'm yeah. just... I don't know what to do. Like, well, yeah, for people that are listening right now, we all got Mike arm bars now. Well, I've, I've always had one, but these guys now have them. Let's go. Not a big deal. We can clap now. We can go on our phones. Yeah. We can get a little information. I can have a drink of water. <laughs> We're buzzing. Okay, we have a lot of chat about today, but first, Rip, as always, let's walk through you know your weekend. What's up? What's been going on? How are things? Uh, things have been good. You know, I haven't been golfing actually too much, but... Uh, Skated a few times, been in the ice with you, snapping around with the kids, firing pucks over the glass. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> I hate uh, that so much. Playing a ton of ball, honestly. Um, I got another game tonight. Today's Tuesday, the 27th. Um, yeah, people have calendars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they, when it comes out, <laughs> yeah. it's the 28th, but suck my balls. <laughs> yeah, just, just hanging out, playing ball, shooting, yeah, getting on the ice lots now, so. Nice, man. Yeah. That's awesome. What else is up this week? Uh, this week, I tomorrow on the Wednesday, leave for a golf trip up north. You want to get in right, right in that right now, the northern trip? Yeah, we'll get into the northern trip right now. Um, Let's go. Me and a couple buddies, we're going up there, and we're playing a little two-match tournament between ourselves. It's going to be a blast. Long weekend up north. Nothing better. Yeah, it's going to be great courses up there. We're going to Waska Sioux, Elk Ridge, Candle Lake, Emma Lake. Um, you know what? This week's probably going to take a beating on me. Probably so, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not taking up a single beer. <laughs> Just waters and Gatorades all week. Yeah. I like it. You see you're playing Candle Lake? Yep. So I'm playing there the following week. Yep. I'm excited. We have an alumni yep. golf trip with the boys, 12 of us. The boys. 
I'm jacked. Yeah, I haven't seen those guys in a long time. You guys lit up Rochdale Boulevard before Divots was a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. This used to be like a pool hall, I think. I don't yeah. know what it was. Anyways. Okay. That's cool. Um, <laughs> let's talk about last week's podcast. Brian Yandel. B-Y Jelly. B-Y Jelly. This guy is a weapon. Uh, a lot of good uh, messages in for, about his pod. Uh, Rip, thoughts on uh, B-Y? Uh, this guy is a character. He's got He's got some great stories. And, you know, even talking off the record with him, which... He was he was so nice and just just loved chatting with us honestly like even when we shut down the interview he was still engaged and he was asking us questions and like how we were doing and yeah um and these bo- yeah these Boston guys are hilarious and we're we're becoming pretty good buddies with them yeah yeah we're, we're making a good connection down there yeah and that's the one thing I think even we talked about too like even with Jimmy and By Foles like that whole like network now and then obviously in the hockey world today just announced Ky is going to play in Philly with. The older Hazy. Yeah. The under Hazy, sorry. Yeah. So Kevin Hayes and KY reunited in uh, in Philly. Exciting. That yeah, it'll be a good time. Those those two guys will be beauties in the locker. I couldn't imagine it. I could I wouldn't I couldn't be serious playing a game. I'd be fucking laughing the whole time. <laughs> Shank. Yeah. That's all you hear. Be and games TV. be game seven going into OT and I'm <laughs> laughing in the dressing room. I love that from you, Keithy. Keithy, I love that. <laughs> yeah, those two guys, uh, Weapons. Hope we get them on the show at some point down the road. Absolutely. We are planning a trip down to Boston early next year, summertime, to go watch a Red Sox game. Yeah. With uh, Kevin Hayes. So, Jimmy Hayes. Sorry, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. Uh, my brain's just scattered. It's been a while. It's been too hot out here. It's 38 degrees out in Regina yeah. right now. Walk outside. Oh, my God. Walk outside and just start sweating. It's melting. Yeah. Melt central. We're, we're in Arizona. <laughs> okay, Rip. Let's go into some sports talk. Uh, we had the NHL draft this past weekend. As of this podcast is now dropping, it is free agent frenzy. Oh, yeah. Uh, but let's talk about the draft quickly here. Uh, what did you like? What didn't you like? Uh, well, honestly, I only watched the first 12 picks. We were at uh, that Friday night. I was at Silly's draft party. Nice. At the rooftop. That place is actually no so much fun. Yep. It's, <laughs> <laughs> no free ads. So much fun. We're in downtown Regina, just up on top of a building. Um there was hundreds of people there and silly was downstairs. He had all the the whole camera crew and he was on the zoom call. Right. And dude, when they said from Sioux falls, this place erupted. Really? That's it nuts. Was, it was so cool to be a part of. And then, then the boys had fun for the rest of the night. I heard. Yeah. I heard it, it was a good time. It was a good time. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, uh, I'm going to the draft for now. So silly goes 12 technically would actually win 11, but 11. Arizona lost their pick. His old man went 11th back in, well, was it 80? 89, I think. To the Red Wings, which I, I texted your dad saying, hey, is he, is he going to go to Detroit? Would have made a nice fitting, but Cole being born in Columbus made yeah. a lot of sense too. Owen Power going one. How about the University of Michigan? I don't know what they're paying these guys, <laughs> but my God, four Probably. out of the first five picks, and then another guy that's another recruit in the first five picks. Yeah, they, yeah oh. four out of five. Um. Well, like next year, they're they're looking to be stacked. Well, I guess probably Powers will go play in the NHL. Do they add Luke Hughes? Yeah, they they add Luke Hughes. The only problem is like when you're like it's good to get these guys and as a college. Yeah. But you're only getting them for one year, right? So like you can be like, oh, this team's gonna be unreal in three years. Yeah, they're all gonna be gone. Yeah, that's true. Owen Power was one. People say he's like Headman or Lindstrom. What do you think? Do you oh. know much about him? Looking at his six foot six, two hundred and thirteen pounds at eighteen years old, you can compare him to that just by looking at him, honestly. And true. He's playing and uh playing as a true freshman down in the States now is so rare, unless you are a first overall pick or a first round. Michael and those guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up being that caliber of a player, which he should be, he's number one pick. Yeah. So and is this is his name Matthew Beneers? Is it Matthew? My way off. Yeah, Matthew Beneers. Goes second to Seattle in their first ever Sick. pick for their draft. Uh exciting day for him. He's a great player too. Uh I kinda wanna ask you about that team in general. And I know we're a golf podcast, but we're hockey too. We cover all the sports. But yep. Seattle Kraken, they took a different approach to this draft. Ron Francis obviously did his homework with his guys, wanted to free up a lot of cap space, take a lot of guys, you know. Colin, who's a you know a cheaper player, Ebbs is a higher oh, yeah. contract. Yep. 
Um, you know, where do you see them, you know, two or three years? Um, yeah, the way they pick their team, it seems like they're trying to win in three years, right? Yeah. Um, not like what Vegas did. Vegas was like, we're going to win now. And I know people don't like their roster at the moment, but, I mean, there was tons of people that had no clue why Vegas was picking some of the guys that they picked and worked out really well for them. Now they're, now they're a powerhouse in the NHL. Yeah. Um, so... It's, I think it's too early to make, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Assumptions? Yeah, assumptions of how bad they're going to be or how good they're going to be. But, yeah. I mean, free agencies just started too, so they might they got some room and they might make some big signings, and it's a hell of a place to live. So guys will be looking to go there. Yeah, well, and, and now we're Team Seattle. Like We're Team Kraken. Oh, we got a lot of Seattle Krakens on this pod. We're in. Yeah. We're in. We're, we're, we may be like the two guys that might go down there and be like the play-by-play. Yeah, we're covering, <laughs> yeah. We're covering the game. Yeah, we're just swearing on air. Yeah, playing backdoor scars. What a no fucking idea. beauty. <laughs> okay, what else in hockey you want to talk about? Oh, Nolan Patrick moves from Philly to Vegas to reunite with Kelly McCrimmon. Yep, that's a big move. Cody Glass going where? How about us waking up to this flurry trade this morning? Oh, yeah. So this is yesterday. If you're listening on Wednesday, yeah. Flurry finds out via Twitter. Yeah. That he's been dealt. This guy is what has he won? Uh, Vesna twice? Or Vesna once in two cups? Yeah, three cups. Three cups. It's been five Stanley Cups. Here, you're a current player, and I'm in the opposite I'm in the other side of the business. If you found that out, how are you feeling if you're that caliber player? Well Or no, you, you know what? Any I, player. Yeah, seriously, any player. Like he's in the NHL too. This is the best league in the world. Um that wasn't it's not professional at all. But even like even if I was back in junior and I found out via Twitter, I'd be pretty rattled. And my oh, family yeah. would be so rattled, too. I couldn't imagine my father reacting to this. But, <laughs> like, that's it's a wild trade, too. Like, the guy you got traded for played in the East Coast last year. He played six games. Yeah. So because there's there's, there's got to be something up Flurry's sleeve. Like, is he going to retire? or? Well, that's what he said today, right? Or yeah. he was like, he has to think about what he wants to do with hockey, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, like, yeah. hey, man, you're going to play in, um, where do you go again? Chicago? Chicago, yeah. But now, Chicago is no longer in a rebuild stage. No, they're... They, they're, right they're pretty there. solid. Yeah. Then Flurry's a he's a Hall of Famer. Like absolutely. I yeah, he's he a Hall of Famer guaranteed and so he's really got nothing much to play for. Like how old is he? 38 now, I want to say. Mm, roughly, probably maybe a little under, younger. 37. Now. Yeah, maybe yeah. Yeah, somewhere in there. But closer to Sid's age, yeah. no? How old's Sid? 34? 35? Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, okay. somewhere in there. Either way. We're going to botch this. We're going to get carved again. Who cares? What, uh, anything else? Or we do a quick little ad read for Taylor Mate here. Um, give her. Ad read. Alrighty, Rip. You know all about it. Troy and Dan know all about it. Taylor Mate. Sick. Best players in the world use Taylor Mate. Yes, they do. You ever heard of DJ? You ever heard of him? Colin Morikawa. Yeah. These guys are unreal. They win. Olympians. Week in, week out. Olympians. These guys are unreal. Okay? It's time you use... TaylorMade Golf. Check them out today. The new Sim 2, Sim 2 Max drivers. Sim 2, forgiving Max Irons, driver, Woods. I have the MCs. You have uh, P790s. TaylorMade is the way to go. Check them out today. TaylorMade Golf. Do it. Don't wait. Don't sleep on it. Play TaylorMade. How good was that? That was sick. Off the top of the head. Yeah, not a big deal. What a segue into our golf talk last week. The 3M Open and our stack guy rip will break it down for us. 3M Open, Cameron Champ winning at minus 15. Oof. What a weekend he had for him. Um, here, I got a stat here. Kind of a hidden man rock today. Yeah, dude, he's a stud. So I saw a stat here. His putter was hot. And, like, I watched this the Sunday after I was recovering for the weekend. Shocker. Dude, he made, every, <laughs> he made every putt. And this, this stat is, is he was ranked 206th in, in putting. He's ranked number one winning in the tournament, which, shocker, he won. <sighs> He was 206 in the world? Yeah. In potty. Wow. Yeah. And now he's won. And I was like re-watching his clips. <laughs> Retire on shutter. <laughs> well, you could quit because he won like, what, six mil? <laughs> yeah. um, I was watching his putter stroke, and he like jabs at the putt. Like his, yeah. Like when you don't, he doesn't follow through. He's like Snedeker. And me kind of. They just, they just don't fall through. <clears throat> that's that's his, like Ram. That's, that's the sound. <clears throat> Ramola. Yeah. But yeah, good for him. He had a wild 18th hole too. He uh, so it was like a slight dog leg right, water down the whole right side, mm, great. trees down left, butter cut. 
snaps it left. He's in the trees. Oh. He does punch out. Is name kosher? Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Me at 18 at the end. Yeah, this guy goes up and down from there, though. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, so he goes, snaps it left, punches out, lays up. He's 130 out, goes up and down for par. Thanks. That's a professional right there. That is why we are amateurs. Yeah. And these guys are professionals. Yeah, I snap it wow. left. Wow. Oh, good seven. I'll just pick up. Yeah. I'll take 10. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Okay, rip off the next two to five, would you? Two to, to five? Yep. Troy's favorite, Louis Oosthuizen. Yeah, he says his name funny, eh? Yeah. Oosthuizen. <laughs> Charles Schwartzel. All right, up? Jonathan Vegas. What a name. Oh, yeah. Stud. That is sick. Lives in Vegas. Keith Mitchell. That's top oh, five right there. Oh, Willie's bro. Yep. <laughs> nice. That's a good top yeah, five. that was a good top five. Yeah. And they were all tight. So two... There was three guys, T2, at minus 13, and then Mitchell at minus 12. There it is. Yeah. The 3M Open, Cameron Champ, your winner. Guys, a stud. Congrats, yeah. Cameron Champ. If you're listening to this podcast, probably not, yeah. but hopefully you do. Okay. Canadians in the field, though. Adam Hadwin, T6 at minus 11. Friend of the show. Yep. Our buddy Sloaner, veteran. Veteran. He was uh, tied for 16th at minus 9. Okay. Pretty good showing from those guys. Pretty good, yeah. What else you got? Hearn at minus two. Veteran. Tied for 58th. Yeah, dude, there were some vets out there. <laughs> yeah, that that's, it? that's it. That's what we got for Canadians. Dustin oh. Johnson missing the cut. Uh, right after the ad read, eh? Dumbass. <laughs> okay, let's go to next week. As there's no PGA events, we believe we could be carved on that. But nope. the Olympics, the 2020 Olympics are on. Listen carefully. The 2020 Olympics are on, but we are in the year 2021. But we are in Tokyo. We're not there. Um, it might be still 2020 there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, the 2020 Olympics are on right now. Rip, I want to talk about golf in specific, obviously, because we cover golf. Yep. Uh, my cousin is there, Dale Trail. The dog father is there with Abraham Anser. Uh, Canadians that are there, I believe, are Mackenzie Hughes and... Oh, I tweeted. Oh, I posted no. it today. How do you not know that? I posted it today. Nick Taylor? That seemed right? Yeah. Rip, walk through. No, it's Nick Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> okay, walk through the golf while I pull us up. Walk through the golf? Never mind. Corey Connors and, yeah. and Mackenzie <clears throat> Hughes are representing Canada at the 2020 Olympics in the in year 2021. Rip, thoughts on the golf starting tomorrow? Uh, today, Wednesday, yeah. is it on? No, it's on Thursday. Okay. <laughs> you sure? Yeah. I'm okay, looking on. right at it right now. Stat guy, too. You're going to call out the stat guy? Had to. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I'm pumped for Abe here. I'm pumped for your cousin. I'm That's rooting sick. for them. Yeah. I love, I don't know. Do they, like, let's say Abe gets a medal. Do they share it? Do they just? I'm not taking it. Yeah. If I'm the caddy, I'm taking it for sure. Yeah. My, yeah, I've been carrying or your bag two for four them. days. Made two of them. Yeah. Well, I, they easily could. Yeah. Except golf, you can't. I guess golf's not a team sport, but it's True. a team sport. Yeah, you're, you're caddy. Team too. Yeah. What else? Um, Colin Morikawa, Taylor May guy. Do you see the Justin Thomas tweet the other day or yesterday? Yeah, went to the workout. You know, he had twenty pound weights or something. Yeah, it's safe to say I won't be fighting for any twenty pound <laughs> weights around here. What a dog! Yeah, he's just carving that guy. Carving every, yeah, he's funny. What a beauty! Who else is playing this thing? Oh, oh. Bryson's not playing. Yeah, the COVID got, test and uh, Rom. Rom too. Back to back, twice in four weeks. Yeah. So tough going with that guy. Yeah, so Rom leaves and now more cows rated number one in the world for this. Shocker. Taylor May guy. Weird. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to bring this up point to be forgot about it in the hockey talk. Alexandro Vection signs a five year deal. And I believe it was forty five or forty eight. Forty seven point five million. Five, nine point five a year. Okay, so I was, I was close either way. I was in the yeah. middle. Five year deal. Looks like he'll finish his NHL career with the Washington Capitals. Yep. We know a lot of these Russian players like to go over and play a couple of years yeah, in the yeah, KHL. Yeah, play until 45, but won't be in the NHL at 45. But five years, can he break Gretter's record? Absolutely. How many goals does he need, do you know? And how many goals would he need in the next five years, I guess? I, I want to say question. close to 200. Yeah, same question. So I would 50, say close. 50 times Five. Four. Wow. I think it's doable. 
Absolutely. He's going to do it, dude. That would be so cool. He is cool. the best goal scorer already. That would be so cool Ever. if that guy to do it. That would be sick. You know, all these old guys that like the old school hockey and think yeah. Gretzky's the best goal scorer ever? Not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance. I love it. Riff's just telling him right now. Yeah. There's, it's the hardest time to score a goal. Oh, yeah. Like, I could have played goalie in the 80s. <laughs> Jeez, you just, literally every goal is a fake slap shot, goal wide score. I scored one last night, actually. Cut into the middle and adult safe. I pumped left, cut across the middle, took the guy with me, along the ice, posting in. Yeah. Me? Oh, man. Yeah, Gretzky had 200 of those. <laughs> 48 games. Yeah. <laughs> Not, don't get me wrong. Gretzky's the best hockey player ever. But, dude, Ovi's the best goal scorer ever. Yeah. He's he good. He just zings it. Okay, what else is up? It's uh, end of July. You know, it's crazy to think that it's almost August. Yeah. And I'm, it's almost September. Yeah. I'm going to be back to practicing every day, which I don't even know what that yeah. feels like. Yeah, well, we've been staying for three weeks already. Yeah. I've been I've been on the ice for like three months already. Yeah, like my baseball season's going to be over pretty soon. we got provincials here in two weeks. Yeah, where is it? Talk, talk about it. Tell provincials? Okay, yep, provincials are in Regina. Our team's hosting it, so we're playing at Curry Field. It's, the Regina Trappers are yeah, called. Yeah, the Regina Trappers. We're a wagon. It's sick. Like every guy, almost every guy on our team has played pro or college baseball, and I'm just some bum sitting on the bench just being a good room guy. <laughs> <laughs> Watching these guys zip around like Dustin Mullikins on the bump. Former Detroit Tiger. Yeah, MLB guy. Um, this guy pisses on balls too. He nukes them. He swings so <laughs> hard. He hit. He hits in the. He dinner. hits. Okay, yeah, cool. that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. And he he's so engaged, dude. This guy's a kid out there. Really loves Mully, the game. Yeah, Mully just loves the game, and he's so competitive. Like, get, and when he's on the pit, like he gives up hits. He gave up a home run last weekend, and he gets pissed off. Like, as he should. He's, yeah, he's, he's well. Competitive. That's, you know, like he's he, competitive. He's a yeah, Well, yeah, to be a prof- or professional athlete, like, you got to have that edge to, to get somewhere, right? And yeah. Dude, he's so entertaining, and he's such a good guy. Yeah, so, okay, now I'm going off of Molly. I'm just blowing Molly. Provincials are in Regina, <laughs> Curry Field, August 6th to 8th. Come watch some good ball. Like, it's, it's a lot better ball than what people think because you think of senior baseball. But, dude, a lot of these guys are ex-college and ex-pro guys and can still snap it around and, Hit the ball hard. It's a good time. I love it. Well, I'll be rooting for you guys. I'll thank be watching the, thank you. the social handles. I'll be cheering for you guys on. Yep. As I'll be gone. But, actually, I might be around. You'll be around for the first day. Is it Friday to Sunday? Yep. Oh, I'm, I'm going to come. I'm going to commentate. Give me the mic for yeah. two days. You can, do, you can run tunes. Hey. You can run tunes. <laughs> Smooth like butter. Now up to bat. Turner Ripplinger. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, my name won't be said that much. <laughs> All right, there it is. Okay, right before we wrap this up now, our guest today, Rip, um, 2007 Stanley Cup champion, scored the game-clinching goal in the 07 Cup. Former Kelowna Rocket, former Swift Current Legionnaire for one year, ripped it up. Jesus. He's now living and residing in Swift Current. Travis Moen. Rip. Uh, quick thoughts on this podcast before we send it over to our listeners. This guy's a Sask legend. That's it. Yep. Sask legend. Okay, Travis Moen here. We hope you guys enjoy it. Off the Huzzle is proudly presented by Cutter and Buck Clothing. Cutter and Buck Clothing is crafted for your active lifestyle, engineered for exceptional versatility, so it'll be perfect for work, work from home, travel, date night, golf, walking, boating, hiking, and entertaining. Their clothing is thoughtfully engineered with performance features like moisture wicking, stretch, UPF for sun protection, and with easy care and time-saving features such as durable collars, added spandex, and blended fabrics that are comfortable and stylish. Cutter & Buck shares their commitment to sustainability with their commitment to sustainable products, sustainable operations, and sustainable production. When you choose Cutter & Buck clothing, you are getting the genuine spirit of the Pacific Northwest. Check out Cutter and Buck on all their social media platforms. All righty. We are pleased to be joined by a guy that is from Swift Current, Saskatchewan, a.k.a. Speedy Creek. He was drafted in the fifth round of the Calgary Flames, has won Stanley Cup. Is that any good? So with all of that, we are pleased to have on Travis Moen. Uh, Travis, thanks for jumping on the podcast, man. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. 
Okay, so first off, Travis, we have to, you know, as we always do on this podcast, we want to backtrack a little bit here. What's, uh, you know, what's up with you? What's going on? How are things? Uh, where are you at these days? Uh, still living in Swift Current. Obviously, when I retired, I, I uh, you know, had a house in Swift Current, so we moved back here, uh, put the kids back in school, and um, obviously, I'm from Stewart Valley, um, about 15 minutes north of Swift Current. Obviously, I grew up on a farm, so um, still help out on the farm seeding and harvest. So, um, yeah, I know it's been, uh, feels like it was just yesterday, but it's been a long time since I retired. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were going through your stats and we saw some interesting things. Obviously, you're, you know, you, you played in the NHL, which is incredible in itself. And, you know, yeah. you're, not, you're not too far removed from the game. Uh, but before we get into all that, you know, you mentioned Stewart Valley Sass. Uh, you know, let's walk through a young Travis Moen. You know, we always do this on this pod. We talk about the young days. Uh, what were you doing growing up in the farm in, you know, Stewart Valley? Well, just kind of what a typical farm kid would do, just uh, roaming the, the flatlands and uh, shooting gophers to picking rocks <laughs> on the farm, hauling square bales, uh, just being kids. And, uh, you know, I, I look back at those times and, you know, I miss those days and, you know, I wish part of me, wish my kids grew up on the farm just because you have so much freedom and you can do so much stuff on your own. And, uh, yeah, lots of good memories. Obviously I grew, um, you know, I started playing hockey in Stewart Valley at the age of, um, six, um, I actually grew up in Swift Current until the age of seven, um, uh, played on both Swift Current and Stewart Valley's hockey teams. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, played hockey in the Valley till I was probably nine and then we didn't have enough kids to make a team. So then, uh, we uh, started traveling into Swift, play minor hockey in there. So, wow, two teams grinding. I like it. <laughs> yeah, grinding. I would be screwed on a farm. I would have, <laughs> I'd be like, "Where's a ranch?" And be like, "For what?" Like, you, you, I would Which be, one? Yeah, I would be so <laughs> screwed. Um, okay, so let's talk about you know you played one year in Swift Current for the Legionnaires. You had a good season in AAA, and then went mm -hmm. straight to the WHL to play for Kelowna. Yeah, uh, you know, first, how was it playing in Swift, and then obviously the jump to you know beautiful uh, Kelowna. Yeah, it's uh, Swift is awesome. It's a great hockey city to let the grow up in. I mean, uh, we we're fortunate enough. We had good teams all the way through. I mean, our Wee team we won provincials. Our Bantam second year team we won Western Canadians. Um, my first year midget, I didn't make the clone as a 16 year old. I played as a 17 year old. Uh, we lost over the final of the air Canada cup. So, you know, it helps when you're on good teams all along the way to get noticed. And, uh, you know, I kind of, kind of went through a phase when I was like five till 12, I was really good and then kind of hit a little lull in my career and then, uh, and kind of built it back up. So, uh, I was fortunate enough to get listed by the Clona Rockets back uh, when I was playing, uh, would have been Bantam, I guess, uh, the year we won the Western Canadians. And then, uh, yeah, I made Clona as a 17 year old, got drafted that year by Calgary. And then, uh, yeah, the rest is kind of history. So that's incredible. So, um, you know, I'm going to go back to your family. How old are your kids? Uh, 12 and nine. 12. Boys 12, my daughter's nine. So, so they got to watch you and you're playing later in your career. Mm -hmm. yeah. do, they, do they remember anything from it? or? Yeah, my, my boy does. My daughter remembers just kind of little bits and pieces. But uh, my son, you know, he, was, you know, he started playing hockey in, in Montreal when he was five. Um, yeah. And then I got traded to Dallas. And then uh, we moved to Dallas and the family came down. And, you know, he got to, got to play hockey in Dallas, which is kind of pretty cool. That's you know, you're wearing cool. sandals and you know, shorts to the rink in November and, and in February. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was such a cool part of my career too. Just, I mean, it sucked. I didn't play a whole bunch of my last year, but just to be able to spend more family time with your family down there and yeah. be able to do that kind of more stuff. It was, uh, it was awesome. I enjoyed that experience in my career. So Travis, I want to talk about, you know, your time in Kelowna and obviously, you know, we, we've jumped around here and there, but yeah, this is the kind of question we always ask, you know, guys that have went from AAA to the Western League and then, you know, pro. How much did you develop in your, you know, from your first year in the league to like kind of the last year? I mean, obviously you have to do, you, you did enough to get, you know, drafted and then obviously made the pro level. I mean, let's, let's walk through, you know, from year one to year four. Yeah, good question. I mean, uh, my first year was, you know, just trying to stay afloat. You know, you're, uh, you know, you're kind of a rookie and you're just trying to find your game and, um, I was fortunate enough to have a coach that really liked me, Mark Hatchide. Um, you know, his coach is in PA now, but he coached, uh, yeah, coach in the NHL a little bit too. So, uh, he was a Saskatchewan guy. So obviously, uh, we connected well and he, and he liked me. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, my first year was just trying to 
you know, make an impression, which I did. I got drafted by the Flames. And then, uh, unfortunately, my second year, I got a really bad concussion. I got jumped by Derek Parker um, in the dub. And I think he <laughs> – my nose was uh, on the back of my skull. So I, I missed, like, two and a half in months. Um, and then uh, came back and didn't have a great year, but then came back as uh, as a 19-year-old and kind of had a better year. And, uh, you know, I kind of was getting better and better and better. And then, unfortunately, it was, you know – the flames at that time, Craig Button kind of lost his signing power back then. Like me, Jared Stoll, Curtis Foster, all those guys went back into the draft, never got signed. Um, so I didn't get drafted. Stoles he did, Fozzie did, uh, Curtis Foster. Um, but um, I had an invite to Norfolk, Chicago's farm team. Um, so I was I was planning on going there for camp. And then Lordy Fry and Mark Hatchard kind of said, well, why don't we give him a shot in Chicago? So they got me a trial with Chicago and I went in there and I was in great shape. And, you know, another guy, Brian Sutter, who I love, um, just, you know, a good prairie guy. Um, yeah. You know, I had a really good camp and uh, they liked it. And, and then I signed a contract with Chicago. So that's kind of how I got there. Wow. Okay. Well, that leads me to my next question here. I, I guess, you know, what age do you go, hey, I can do this for a full-time job? I think it was... I mean, when I got, when I got drafted, I kind of knew that I had a good ch chance of being able to do this as a career. Um, and then I kind of had that setback with concussions and I was unsure of everything. And then, uh, you know, I knew, I kind of probably knew like five days into Chicago's camp that, you know what I mean? I, I can keep up with these guys. And, uh, and then once I signed and I knew I had a chance. So um, yeah, it was, uh, like I said, early on thought I had a chance. And then with the whole injury stuff, you're kind of unsure, especially at that age or so. You're so young, you're, yeah. you don't really know what the real world's like. So, um, but yeah, then uh, once once I signed, then it was uh, you know full throttle, training lots and trying to make sure I can make this a career. Oh yeah, absolutely. Rip. Um, I'm gonna go back to when you got drafted. Were you at the draft, or how was that day? Take us through that day. It was, uh, you know, my my agent at the time said, "Well, you're you're predicted to go fourth round," which. You could go third round, you could go second round, but you might not get drafted. So his advice for me was to just stay home. Yeah. <laughs> As he said, he's seen it too many times where guys think they're going to get drafted in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, and then they go to, to go to the draft, and then it's a huge letdown fall, right, when yeah. they don't get drafted. So wow. I remember I was at, at the farm. Um, my Actually, my old um, my old coach that coached me and Tom Thumb, novice, he was over having coffee with my dad that morning. And, um, yeah, he was sitting there and we were all sitting there and we got a phone call. My dad went out and answered the phone. It was Lanny McDonald. Oh, so my dad, oh, yeah, my dad you, called you me. You heard phone. that guy? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my dad called me to the phone. He's like, um, Mr. Lanny McDonald would like to talk to you. And I'm just like, oh my God, what's yeah, going yeah. on? Right. <laughs> so I got on the phone with Lanny and he just said, uh, congrats. Flames draft me fifth round. And, uh, they were looking forward to seeing me at camp. So that's so cool. Yeah, it was cool. So Travis, I mean, the draft happens, you know, you're drafting the 2000 draft and you know how hard that is to say you're drafted in the 2000s. Like you're waiting to say 2001 or 2000, they just yeah. said weird, right? Yeah. But first, you know, what did it mean to you? And then obviously your family, I mean, that's a special day for any, any kid that's growing up wanting to play in the national hockey league. Yeah, it is. It's huge. I mean, it's, I mean, for me, it was unbelievable because that's my dream. That was what I dreamed since I was five years old, but I mean, I don't really know, but I imagine for my family, it must have been pretty, pretty cool experience for them. I mean, you think of the time and dedication you put into, and my parents, you know, they were, they worked two jobs off the farm to be able to probably pay for me and my brother to play hockey. So um, for them to kind of see that reward at the end was, uh, you know, I remember my dad, uh, you know, tears in his eyes and my mom was crying and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's something you'll never forget and uh, something I'll remember for the rest of my life for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's super cool. Okay, yeah. Travis, you spent some time in the league, you know, Chicago, Anaheim, San Jose, Montreal, and then finished in Dallas, you know, not too long ago. You mentioned it feels like just like yesterday. Um, my first question is, you know, what's the best city that you, uh, you like to play in there when you were there? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, uh, I mean, Chicago as a, you know, as a rookie, uh, what a city. I mean, I mean, that was kind of the time where they were still – you know, we didn't get much fan support back then, yeah. but um, it was just an awesome city to be a 21 year old in and just to be able to experience the food and the culture in that city and playing your first year in the NHL and 
I mean, it's such a big difference from playing and clone it to going to the NHL and flying on planes and, you know, staying at the Ritz Carlton and going out for, you know, steak dinners on the road with the guys. And um, so Chicago was awesome. I kind of called my three phase thing where, and then I went to, to Anaheim. And I mean, you're playing in California. What's, I mean, that's unbelievable, right? Yeah. You know, you wear sandals and flip-flops to the rink and you go, you know, you go to practice and you, you go to the beach and have lunch and you're walking around, you know, Newport beach. And I mean, such a cool experience too. And then, and then, you know, and then I go to Montreal and be able to play for original six, well, win a cup in Anaheim first and then go to yeah. Montreal and then, you know, be able to play for an original six and the Molson family is amazing there and just be able to experience that. I mean, you're, you're playing soccer before the game and, Mr. Jean Beliveau comes over and shakes your hand and says, good luck tonight. You're kind of like, Oh my God, how cool is that? Right. Like, you know, and he was cool. And, but yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah. So, and then be able to finish my career off in Dallas and just, uh, you know, just a, a cool organization with a lot of good, good, a lot of good friends and a lot of good guys I played with and be able to have my family down there and, you know, my kids in sports down there. It's, uh, yeah, it was awesome. So to be able to pick one, I'd probably have to pick Anaheim winning the cup there. Yeah. But uh, all the other stops were amazing. Well, that leads right into the next question. The 07 Stanley Cup, you scored the clinching goal. We were just watching you film. We were, yeah, we were watching film. We were calling you a honey badger <laughs> in the intro. Big role on the, on the team. Uh, watch us through that run. And yeah, actually, and you played 82 games that year, I believe, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was, uh, that was kind of my, I mean, if you look back on, I mean, I had a coach, Randy Carlisle that, you know, that liked me and gave me kind of a role that fit me very well. I mean, don't get me wrong. Playing with Sammy Paulson and Rob Niedemeyer, two veterans, two guys that are, you know, that really helped me too. But, uh, yeah, I was able to play all 82. I actually broke my thumb like two weeks before the playoff started. They actually thought I was going to be shut down for the whole playoff run, but oh, some man. miraculous thing, the bone never pulled off the tendon and I was able to just cast it up and wear it the whole playoffs. So, um, but yeah, we had a, an, an amazing run. I mean, be able to beat Minnesota first round in five. And then we beat uh, Vancouver in five. Um, and then we played, I mean, Detroit was, that was a series. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was, that was a grind. Uh, we were lucky to get out of that one. Is that I mean, seven or six? I was in six. No, but we were down one nothing, and then down two one, and then came back and, and then beat them in six. So, um, and then to play, you know, Ottawa in the finals, uh, you know, Canadian team, yeah. you know, Canadian yeah. boy, always cheering for a Canadian team to win. But I wasn't cheering for them that year, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a magical run. Something you'll never forget. I mean, it's. You know, think of all the f- friendships you still have, all the memories. I mean, wouldn't change it for the world. Um, and then to be able to win it back in Anaheim. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to say my goal to win was a highlight real goal, but I dumped <laughs> it in the corner. And it's, I always say I put a little extra spin on it, but because uh, uh, Phillips put it in for me. But yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was such a cool game to play and just, especially, I mean, don't get me wrong scoring an overtime winner would be really cool but to be able to know with two minutes left in the game that you're gonna you're gonna yeah. hold that center yeah. cup above your head is pretty cool okay yeah. i have one quick one rip and then you can jump in okay. we've never we've had a lot of guys that have won the nhl or sorry won the cup sorry um oh. i don't know walk us through like a speech that you would have heard in, in one of those games from one of your coaches i mean especially the 07 cup like what's what's a coach saying like before that game you know what, and I'm sure the coaches probably had a lot of speeches, but the one speech I remember the most was from J.S. Shiger. We um, played, we were playing Ottawa in the finals, and uh, it was game, game four, and we were losing. And that's uh, no, sorry, but no, it was, yeah, it was game four. We were down. And he just came in and after, I can't remember if it was after the first or second period, and he just started screaming at us. And it wasn't like an, an asshole's scream. It was like a passionate scream, like, voice, do you understand the chance we have? And he'd been there before, right? I can't remember what year was it, 03, 04, when they had that, that run and they lost to New Jersey, right? So he just, he kind of reiterated, like, you only, you only have so many opportunities to win a Stanley Cup, guys. Let's not, let's not dog it out here. Let's make sure we're giving it 100%. And, and I just remember him standing up in the middle of the room and just saying that. And, and everybody, if you ever knew Jiggy, 
he's got the utmost respect from every player that he's ever played for because everybody loves him. I mean, he's such a passionate guy. Yeah. So, I mean, that speech that he gave and we just, we came out that next period and we we're on fire. So Bye. that's kind of the one, one story I remember of during that playoff run that we're really, you know, it kind of, kind of made you warm and fuzzy when he was saying that because we all kind of rallied behind him. So that's yeah. awesome. So rare for a goalie to do that too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure. The goalie yelled at Jiggy snapped a lot, so we were used to it. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense then. Yeah. Um, so I was gonna I was gonna ask, like, playoffs are so like the emotional highs and lows. And I was gonna ask, like, what kind of what do you got a story for us that kind of turned you guys around or if you guys felt down? But yeah, there's one there too. Um, I'll ask about Ryan here, Getsy. Yeah. Yeah, this, this guy, yeah, Regina boy, this guy is like the yeah. most natural athlete. Like oh. he's, he's good at everything. So last summer he came to my trainer at the gym and he was working out yeah. the same time as us. And this guy complained the whole time. Oh yeah. hundred yeah. percent. That's and, gets you. <laughs> and <laughs> complained the whole time. He's yelling at guys. Yeah. Um, like how, like I heard stories where, uh, like he, the first time he touched the ice was, yeah, yeah, he'd, yeah he'd leave his gear and he'd the, leave the, his gear and stuff like that. But 100%. funny story here, you go, I'm like, I'm like, how often do you usually work out? And it's kind of like, not never. This is my first time, kind of like happy Gilmore kind of moment there. Yeah. 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 So uh you got any stories yeah. about you got any stories about Ryan and his complaining or oh yeah, lots of stories about Getsy, that's for sure. Cause I remember because so I used to so I used to train in Swift Current all summer and then skate the first two weeks, two weeks in August, probably. And then I would head out to Kelowna because my wife and family, like they lived out there in Kelowna. Yeah. So uh, I used to skate out there the last three weeks to a month before training camp to get ready. Cause there's so many guys out there skating. It's just really good for you. Um, yeah. And I remember Getsy being out there. He had a house cabin, like a house on the water out there and be like, Getsy, let's go for a skate. And he's like, no, I'm not ready yet. Not ready. And literally I remember we flew to Anaheim three days before camp. I think it was two days before camp. That was his first time on the ice. Jesus. <laughs> and he's, but then and not only is like, he's still the best player at camp. Yeah. He's like, good at everything. Yeah. I'm like, if that was me, I'd be puking over the side of the boards <laughs> for one. And then they'd probably send me home. Cause I just, I'm not a natural. Like I need a month of skating before I even look good on the ice. <laughs> right. So yeah. he was amazing. And then, it, you know, it's kind of funny where, and then my last, year there maybe in Anaheim he'd come to the gym with me and clone a little bit with us guys out there and he'd train a little bit but he didn't like it you could tell it was like I'd sooner be on the be on the water wakeboarding or something like that so yeah Getsy just a natural athlete like you want even when he did train those couple times like just a, I mean he probably takes after his brother were just a natural sprinter quick powerful yeah, yeah. um yeah it was uh it's kind of one of those things where you look at them and you're like, screw you, bud. Like, <laughs> like it's not fair. Like, how can you be that natural at a, at a sport? And then I just got to fight for every inch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have a question here. And like, you have this six foot four, maybe yeah. six five mutant on the back end, Chris Pronder. This guy's a leader. Yeah. And you were yeah. a hard nosed guy in practice. How often were you like, Okay, man, don't shoot the puck high from the point. Like that guy had a cannon. Yeah, how we're battling. Oh, yeah. Like that guy yeah. was in a freaking battle drills and stuff. Walter Yeah, he was strong. He was um he was scary actually, just because his sheer size and strength. And I mean, he one thing about Pronzo, I don't think I ever seen him take a slap shot over a guy's shoulder. Like he was very accurate in the shot and he liked shooting low. So you didn't really have to worry too much about that. But I remember Prongs like won a cup with him, played four years with him. He gets traded to Philadelphia. I'm in Montreal and we're lined up on a face-off and he tried to take my head, head off with an elbow. And I kind of, like, I ducked. I got up and I looked at him like, what are you doing, Prongs? And he didn't even look at me. He was just like, well, I'm just playing hard. Like, what are you doing? Like, playing hard. You know what I mean? Game on, hey. Like, yeah, game on, right? That's just how he was. He was just uh, just an intense guy that there was no friends on the ice and that's probably why he was so successful, right? Did you play with Scott? You play with Scott Niedermeyer too, then, hey? Yep, yep. Scotty, yep. What's that like? It's one of those other stories where you like you watch him skate. You're like, I remember doing like Randy Carlisle loved his bag skates after practice, and and I remember we'd be getting bag skate and come off the ice, and everybody is just sweating and drenched. And you look at Needs, who led the whole pack, the whole bag skate, and he has like a little circle on his chest of sweat. And you're like, 
how does that make sense? Like I'm drenched. I lost 15 pounds in practice and you barely even, you barely even had a drop of sweat on your body. Like uh, he was like the, I mean, I've had many leaders in my career, but Scotty was just the quiet guy that you just followed by his example. You know, he didn't say much, but when he did, he listened because he had that, that experience and respect about him, but he just, um, just an absolute, probably one of the best natural hockey skaters I've ever played with. Just an amazing hockey player. Travis, I want to, I want to look at some of your, your PIMS and, you know, obviously you had a lot in some of those seasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you fight a lot? And who was one of the guys that you fought were like, whoa, like, I, I wish I didn't fight that guy. I mean, yeah, my first I mean, couple of years, tough, but yeah, yeah, not that tough though. Not, not <laughs> some of the, you know, I mean, there were some guys that were scary. I mean, Boogie, Bougard, Derek Bougard. I mean, that guy was scary, tough. Um, like, I fought my first year in Chicago, I think 16, 18 times, kind of. Oh. And then my next couple of years in, in Anaheim, you're trying to, you know, kind of break into the league, build a reputation. And then, you know, my last seven, eight years, I didn't fight a whole bunch, you know, four or five times a year. Uh, um, but the toughest guy, Probably Chris Simon. I, I fought in the playoffs when we were playing Anaheim against Calgary in the playoffs. And he, I ran Phil Housley or somebody like that. I can't remember who it was. And I remember getting slashed coming back up the ice and turn around and all I seen was lefts coming to my face. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just so strong. He would probably be, I would think, probably the toughest guy I ever fought for sure. Uh, but yeah, I had a lot of, you know, never fought Bougard, but I fought. Uh, who else? Uh, Chris Neal was tough. I mean, uh, who else? Yeah, lots of lots of guys that were uh, Zena Kanopka. No real, real. Simon would have been the, the you know the heavy heavyweight that I fought, but uh, yeah, I kind of left those for the guys like Carol yeah. on my team, or you know <laughs> yeah. Brad May, or you know Sean Thornton, and kind of picked up the light heavyweight guys. So. We actually had Brad May on a while back. I mean, what was that guy like playing with? I mean, he, he seems like such a beauty. Like when we talked to him and like yeah. he was talking about when they want, cause he won no seven with you on that team. Correct. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yep. What, what was it like playing with, you know, Motown? He was awesome. Like what a great teammate. You couldn't find a nicer guy. Like it's, it's kind of hard to believe that when you see how, not that he was mean on the ice, but how a guy could be that intense and, and tough on the ice and then be the nicest guy off the ice. Yeah. Uh, I love Mayday. Just a, just a great human being and pound for pound. I put him up there with one of the toughest guys he's ever played. I mean, just for his size and to be able to fight the guys that he did. It's, it's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. I got a few Mayday stories. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Rip, you want to talk more hockey? Uh, I'm going to ask one more about fighting here. So you mentioned Boogie. Were you playing when him and uh, Fedork fought and he shattered Todd's face? Yeah, I did. Yeah. You guys worry about uh, that? That was crippling. I mean, watching, I mean, Todd had to fight him. I mean, because he had to. He was our tough guy. But, yeah. uh, and he kind of, I don't know what he was, I think he was trying to maybe win the fight, which against Bugard, you don't try and win the fight. You just try and hold on for your life. Try not to lose. And don't get me wrong. Fedork is a very, very tough guy and all the respect in the world for him. But yeah. Boogie Man was in, he was in a whole other level. And uh, yeah, I remember hearing a punch to the face that just, you know, shattered his orbital bone. And it was just yeah. like, oh, just crushing. Well, Boogie, I mean, I think within a 16 month span, he, I think he knocked out three of our guys in Anaheim. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think there was, I remember Brian Burke saying one, one time before one of the games, he says, nobody fights Bluegrade anymore. <laughs> We're done with that. You're not going to win, right? Uh, so, are you in or in the way? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, it'd be terrible. That's the toughest job in the world right there. Yeah. Going to go ask Bluegrade to fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and then the, the funny thing was Mayday. He, uh, so that would have been Minnesota when we won the cup in 07. Yep. He sucker punched one of their players, dropped them. Guy was out for a while. And uh, Mayday oh. stepped up the next year and fought him first game against Minnesota. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he hung um, in there well. I mean, you were – were you on the – you would have been playing then too when uh, Minnesota was going nuts and Bougar just hopped on the ice and did a little lap and that place went bananas? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Talk about that. That was uh, – That would have been so I mean, cool. 
that was cool. It almost like gave you chills when that hey, happened, right? It was just Jordan such a cool like moment. Up here now. What's that? Sorry. I say he gave you guys the Jordan shrug, like I'm out here now. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Be on your best behavior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. All right, Travis. I mean, so we were supposed to do this, you know, a couple of weeks ago in Swift, but we got you yep. right now. Let's talk about some golf. You mentioned off off the record, you know, you golf, yep. you know, quite a bit, we'll say. Um, let's talk about your golf game. Like, where's it at? Well, it's hit or miss. I mean, it's just uh, inconsistent. I'll call it that. Uh, some days the driver's on, some days it's not on. Uh, I would say my best part of my game is probably, definitely probably like that 150. 170 yards and into the green putting can be hit or miss but i'm okay putting but uh, definitely my wedges and you know anything 160 170 in is probably my strength anything above 160 170 like driver three wood no it's it's shank one right slice one left so <laughs> it's uh i can shoot anywhere you know from the blues at elmwood from you know, I can shoot an 84 some days, but then I can shoot a 77. So, um, yeah, that's good. Right. yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I so. mean, when you're, when you have good hands from one seven, one sixty five in, I mean, it probably came from scoring that big goal in 07. I mean, <laughs> you just have good mitts forever now. It's, that's exactly, it exactly. You so it's all about spin. Are, are you a member at, uh, Elmwood? Yeah. 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 Member and, I've been there. Let you play. Since I retired, I, I never had enough time probably when I was, you know, farming and stuff like that to be able, cause I mean, you used to come back and help out six, seven days a week on the farm and then try and fit training in for that. So I didn't have a whole bunch of time to golf. So, but when I retired, then I, I got a membership and then started trying to get out there as much as I can. Okay. So now I want to, cause you obviously played in Anaheim and then you played in Dallas. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we talked to some guys like, you know, Jimmy Hayes and these guys, they say when they play, you know, they're playing golf right after they have practice. I mean, how much were you golfing down south when you were there? Like, they were some of the places you, you, you've played? I golf a little bit in Anaheim. Uh, I was always too sore. I mean, either my shoulder or my hand or something was always yeah. ailing that I could never really, really want to golf. And like I said, I wasn't really into golf back then. Yeah. Because um, I was so busy on the farm and stuff. So I wish I would have golfed more. Um, Strawberry Farms in California. We used to always have our golf team out there, so I golfed there quite a bit. Uh, Tustin Ranch down there in Anaheim was a cool little course. Um, and then we actually, my probably my favorite time golfing after we won a cup in 07, we went and played London. Well, in London right. against LA Kings for two of our first uh, regular season games in 08. And we went and golfed, which they just had the Open there, uh, the Royal St. George's. So we went out there as a team cool. and golfed the Royal St. George's. So that was a cool experience to be able to I remember my caddy down there. He, I, I bogeyed the first hole and he said, you're fine. Tiger bogeyed this or double bogeyed this uh, back in old two or something like that. <laughs> and then he shot a 65. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Gave me all that so, confidence uh, then. Yeah. Well, For sure. That's cool though. Rip, you have any golf questions? Uh, you want to draw a question from the gallery? We can do questions from the gallery later later right, right now okay yeah, let's go to question from the gallery sponsored by molson cores course delters on a mission helping restore fresh water to canada's river through the change the course foundation enjoy the course delter mixer pack with four great flavors myself and the stat guy rip here love them all black cherry mango grapefruit and lemon lime do it today please try to search for all time all right travis you better be a molson guy by the way yeah you better be molson you yeah, I am. I well, played Montreal. I got to support Mr. Molson. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. First question: the best rookie party story that can be told. That can be told. Uh, <laughs> ooh, that's a tough one. That's uh, should have emailed me some of these questions so I thought about them a little bit. Uh, best rookie party story would have been. I remember all the rookie parties I had. Uh, best story, yep, I got one. Okay, we're in Dallas, and uh, Jacqueline, I played with, played with him in uh, in Anaheim, won a cup with him. Damn. So we're in Dallas, and Randy Carl made us have a practice after a rookie party. Oh. So wow. I remember being on the bus, and Jacko didn't show up on the bus. We get to the rink, and we're all just like, "Oh my god, this is terrible." So Jacko comes in like 10 minutes late, 
and uh, grabs the garbage can. We're like, what? Why do you, why do you grab the garbage can? But he takes the garbage out of the garbage can. He takes the garbage can into the shower. He fills a garbage can full of hot water and he sits in there for 30 minutes before practice. We're like, what is he doing? Like, and he was just, he had drank a lot that night, I think. And uh, I remember him being on the ice and, and he couldn't, he could barely skate. And so we kept taking Jacko from the front of the line. And we just kept putting him to the back of the line so that they wouldn't take part in practice because he couldn't, he couldn't make a pass. He couldn't skate. He couldn't catch a pass. He couldn't shoot. <laughs> so yeah, Jacko was, uh, he had a good night that night. So uh, we kind of, that's what our team does, right? Protect your, protect your teammates. So <laughs> is, is there any story, like any knowledge, what he had behind the garbage can and the hot water? Yeah. What was that about? Yeah. That's a good one. I think he was just looking for a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> You know, back back in 07, I mean, you know, teams have gotten a little better for guys on the road having like the, the steel cold tubs and stuff and you fill it hot. I think I don't think I think we we're at a, a rink where it was just uh you know, it wasn't um wasn't you know Dallas's regular rink, so it was just a random rink we had to practice at that that next day. So I think he was just literally looking for a hot tub and he thought the garbage can was his best bet. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so rookie party, where'd you have all your, like, um, did you ever have any ever? Oh my God. Did you have any rookie parties on the road ever? All of them were usually on the road. All... Yeah. I think, I think uh, we only had one rookie party. I think it was in Montreal just cause it didn't work out with the timing and, and, you know, you kind of got to go okay with the GM before to make sure we have enough time in between games. So you're not hung over for a game. Right. So, but I mean, when I was in Chicago, we had a rookie. My rookie party was in Calgary. Um, when we were in Anaheim, we had a rookie party in Dallas twice, I think. L.A. Uh, can't remember the other place. Um, Montreal was Tampa, Chicago, uh, New York, uh, Florida. I can't remember the other one. And then, yeah, they were all really good cities. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I think uh, the we had one in Montreal. So yeah, I always tried to do it on the road just because, you know, that way you're kind of, you know, you're on the road with the guys and you're staying in the oh, hotel yeah. and it's kind of that more team bonding aspect, right? So. All right. Next question here, Travis. The highest bill that you've seen at a table with your teammates. And if you can remember, what was the cup bill that you guys went out that night? Ooh, so the highest bill at a table. And who paid for it? And I paid for it? No, no. Who, who paid for it? Sorry. Okay. Okay. Travis, uh, I was paying for it. <laughs> trying to think here. Well, Scott Niedemeyer, I think it was, he took us, he took the team out for dinner once. I think it was 12 grand. Oh my team, God. Team, team meal. Yeah. He kind of put it on the board, team meal, team meal for the guys if we won the game. And I think we won it. And I, like, it was up there. I mean, Scott's, I think everybody was trying to jack up the meal. Um, and then probably the most expensive rookie party us was about 35,000. Wow. I think that was LA the one year, 35 to 40, somewhere in there. So yeah, there was a lot of good, uh, good wine flying around and uh, a lot of uh, steak and lobsters. We'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, I got a good one here. Like, Keep firing them off. Rookie prank. One of the best ones that can be told. Rookie prank. Well, me, I had a good story. Well, me and uh, Vern Fiddler. So Dallas Eakin was our, uh, wasn't a rookie, but squeaks, if you know him, everybody, he's a great guy. And so we, uh, we got the lady, when you check into a hotel, the lady brings down, she's got the envelopes for every player and that's her room key and stuff. Well, Fids had it set up where she gave me and Fiddler one of, one of the Eakins uh, keys to his room. So we made her, yeah, this was on the road. I can't remember where it was. Um, but anyway, so we got up to his room early and we took everything out of the hotel room and shoved it in the bathroom. Bed, dressers, everything, tables. It was completely empty when he got in there. <laughs> yeah, that was That's great. Unbelievable. And then another good one was Peros. We're in Anaheim and uh, he was hurt at the time. So we're all practicing. Well, he got on the sewing machine and he sewed every single one of our keys in our pocket. So when we shoved our hand in our pocket, we couldn't get anywhere <laughs> because he had sewn a, a round thing around it right and our, <laughs> our keys were all stuck in there so you'd seen about 
10 guys leave the rink and they had to come back in and they had to go to the trainer and the trainer had to cut out their, their pockets to get their keys so they could head home. <laughs> and there was no push to start back then probably in, in 07. No, exactly. Right. Yeah. You had to literally put the key in. <laughs> yeah. Lots of fun stuff like that, which that's, you know what, that's kind of the stuff a guy misses the most when you retire. Yeah. Yeah. Which asked Troy's question. What's that? Troy's question. Troy's question. Okay. Um, Troy, our other co-host here, he always asks, who's your ultimate foursome, dead or alive? Preferably Prefer- alive. Preferably alive. Preferably alive. Like, yeah. all foursome, eh? Yeah. Tiger Woods. Yeah. I would have to say Tiger just because I love I think he's unbelievable. Just to be able to watch him play golf would be amazing. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Uh, who else? That's a new one off the board. Yeah, that is. That's a new one. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'd have some good stories. Donald Trump and... Hmm. I don't know. Probably... I'll go class, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, we'll golf with yeah, that's yeah, a new yeah, one too. Yeah, that's yeah, very rare. Be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool with golf, for those three guys. I yeah, I got another one now. Go um, your day with the cup. What'd you do, and how was that day for you? Yeah, it was. You know what? That's probably that's one of the coolest things to be able to do is, is the day yeah. with the cup. I mean, winning it's the the best thing, but to be able to bring it back with your family and and your friends and be able to drink beer out of it and eat food out of it is pretty amazing. So yeah, the uh, Cup came to my house around nine o'clock. Um, so we went to uh, the Sass Landing right by my farm. And it's kind of the river where the lake is and stuff. We took family photos down there. Um, and then we actually went to um, my hometown, Sturt Valley. And we did a, a kind of a, a picture day with people. There was, I think there was about 1,500 people in Sturt Valley mm-hmm. uh, getting a picture. We raised a whole bunch of money for the rink to get the roof fixed there. Um, so we spent about four hours there. And then I invited all my friends and family back to my place for a big barbecue and drinks and all that kind of stuff in the backyard. And then there's kind of a local pub in Swift Current. Um, it's called Cabot's. Oh, and uh, he's, far, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Steve's awesome. Did you guys go there? Uh, I did. Oh, yeah, you went I there. Left you guys. Did you? Yeah. 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 So, so Steve, uh, I mean, he's awesome. He's, he's a great friend of mine. Yeah. I mean, he, um, he sponsored our team in, in, in Bantam. We were the Swift Current Cabo's Raiders. Yep. Um, so lots of good memories. I remember me being there as a kid sitting in the bar with my dad at age 12 and he was having drinks with his buddies and stuff. And it was just kind of a family-oriented pub. And um, so then we all went back there for the night and, you know, closed the place down until 3 in the morning and then went back to my place till 5. And, I mean, it's pretty much a blur. But I remember at five, the cup uh, cup guy had to go back to Regina to catch up to fly out to Berkey. Well, I didn't want to send Berkey a dirty cup. So I remember at five in the morning, I had to pull all of out and I was washing the cup. And <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a fun night. Yeah. Okay, let's follow us up now with your lowest round ever and what's your handicap? You kind of said what your scores are kind of at, but what's your lowest round ever and where and your handicap? Yep. Lowest round ever was a 74 at Elmwood. Nice. And my handicap is a 9 9.3, something, something like that. Yeah. You get yeah. your partner right there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 9 3, and he's chucking 74s. That is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Travis, I have another one here, and then I'm not sure if Rip has any more, but I have one here. I'm a very detailed guy when I watch the game. I scout hockey. Rip plays it. I coach hockey. Yep. You're a black tape guy. At one point, did you ever use white tape? And why did you use black tape for so long? What a weird stat, hey? Just knows that. Yeah. I don't think I ever wore, used uh, white tape. Maybe when I was a kid that I don't remember about. But I'm, you had to borrow it from someone? My coach, when I was young, saying, um, saying, you always have to use black tape because the goaltender can't see the puck on your stick now. And it's kind of always, I mean, lots of coaches too. And it's the whole, don't, don't put wax on your, your stick because wax keeps things off your tape. Right. Little stuff like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I like wax keep, off, keep the pot off too. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but as a young age, I always remember 
Oh, we've lost. We've lost Travis. That's always using. He's back. He's back here. We're in. Okay, here we go. Black team. That's why. Because when my son started playing hockey, guess what I did? I was just talking about my son. I said, but when he started playing hockey, guess I only used white tape on his deck when I was taping it. So <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought it looked cool. And my kid, you know, at that age, who really cares, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Rip, you got any more? Sorry. <laughs> I got nothing. Nothing more. Travis, uh, man, we appreciate you coming on today. I hope we can do it again. I mean, yeah. you play two hours down For the sure. road from us. And, you know, whether we come up there or you come down here, we'll take you out golfing. And, yeah, uh, let's get in for a game here. Awesome, Travis. Well, Absolutely. we appreciate your time, man. This episode of Off the Hosel is brought to you by Last Mountain Distillery. Last Mountain Distillery is family-owned and operated. Located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Our success lies in our commitment to producing high-quality, handcrafted spirits. Our signature products include Saskatchewan's best-selling, naturally-infused dill pickle vodka, which is on sale all month long at many places across the province. Also, don't forget to try out their new hibiscus lime vodka, only made by Last Mountain Distillery. Episode 82. There it is, Rip. Done. Dusted. Another great one for Off the Hosel. Travis Moen. Sasky boy, born in Speedy Creek, Swift Current, a.k.a. Uh, Rep, thoughts on the pod? Yeah, another great guest by the boys here. Um, local legend, game winner in the Stanley Cup, clinching goal. Yeah. They snapped one home there. Honey Badger, we say. Yeah, Honey Badger. Yeah, great great uh, interview with Travis. A lot of fun with him. Uh, I know he's busy now with his – he's working lots now. So, yeah, Rip, what's, uh, what's up this week now? What's going on? Uh, what's up this week? Yep. Just heading up north. Heading up north. What, what are you going to shoot up there? Oh, I'm hoping mid to high 70s every time. I love it. Yeah. Love it. You're playing good or no? Yeah, I am playing good. You're well. playing good. You're playing good. So you're playing White Bear, Candle Lake. No, no White Bear, but Candle Lake. Candle Lake. Candle Lake. Waska Sioux, Elkridge. <sighs> good tracks. Yep. Have fun. Make sure you're Dent. wearing Hosel Deer. We're in Hazard here, right? Yeah, we'll, yeah, we got a couple hats up there. Deadly. Rock them up there. Cutter and buck take tops. Some, cutter and buck. Yeah. Take some photos. Send them. We'll we'll blow it up for the boys. As you should. And the girls. You know, blow it up. Uh, okay, have fun on your trip. And play well. And help you win. I'm ready oh, for yeah. you. And I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Thanks, bud. Everyone else out listening on the social media handles, at underscore off the hosel on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just off the hosel. Make sure you push that little subscribe button. Check out all our videos, our interviews. Yeah. Other than that, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you next week for another great podcast driven by Nissan Regina. Peace. See ya.